someone was out there throwing a spear last weekend, what did you do? Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Spartan Race. And yes, throwing a spear is part of it. There's a lot of other things going on there in the race as well. Make a public commitment. Put a date on the calendar. Let's do a Spartan Race together. If you use code SPARTANDAD, that's code SPARTANDAD, you'll get 25% off any race. For those wanting to race in Nashville, I have a way you can get your whole race paid for. Reach out to me. Check out Spartan Race. Use code SPARTANDAD. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a store, you're a group, you're a blog, you're a podcast, you're a distillery, whatever it is, you need laser edge glassware at wholesale prices. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to get you in touch with the whole family behind distilleryproducts.com doing amazing things. We use them. You should too at distilleryproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coors. Whether it's the chaser, the traveler, the camper, the barrels, the roto-molded coolers, be the coolest dad this summer at the pool, at the beach, camping, whatever it is you're doing at orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. That's code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. And make sure you check out coming this summer. They're going to have their 10th anniversary cooler. It's going to be pretty cool. And then you can laser on that chaser teeny. You can put logos on there, custom stuff it's going to be really cool use code dad season for 20 percent off at orcacoolers.com what you got for me buddy you told me earlier you had an open for once oh you want me to do that one tonight i mean i think it's as appropriate now as ever so zeke just came back from having how many days was it with your kids down in georgia <laughs> man a lot <laughs> and I don't know if it was a mixture of the fact that he was back home in Georgia or, I mean, there's this growing trend that whenever you call Zeke and his kids are there and he has to yell at his kids, he just goes full Georgia, like every single time. He's like, boy, get your shoes on. Like the way you say it, it's like, I don't, I can't even do it. I can't give it justice, but Zeke gets countryer when he has to discipline his kids and it's the funniest thing to hear, like, because he'll talk to you normal. Let's be honest. Zeke's accent isn't that bad. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he says something to his kids. He's like, boy, I'm about to come over there and put those shoes on for you. I mean, I think it's I just envision my parents or my dad. And so it, it, I go to a different place. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I'm not going to deny that it happens. But if anything... At least my kids uh, growing up in this city environment can hopefully understand and maybe even one day speak a little country. Oh, I definitely think they can. Oh, the best one, too, out of the uh, the trip back home are two good ones. Layla, you know, she's almost four, but so I take her over to my boy's place. It's just, uh, my goddaughter's like nine. She turned nine, so we had a birthday party. His wife's like, Layla, she's like you know, trying to fix her a plate. You want carrots or broccoli? She just looks up and says, no, thank you. I'm allergic. Like, she's not. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and even better playing hide and go seek later with like you know her brother and uh, my mom she finds my mom first she and i are looking for the brother and the mom and she looks at my mom and goes well all right grammy come on get up make yourself useful let's go find charleston let's help come on <laughs> <laughs> little boss baby right there i know she got the make yourself useful thing from me too like i was like ooh. <laughs>
Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. And it is a special day. We are recording earlier. We probably sound like we have some more energy. Zeke just took a nap. I mean, you took a nap at five in the afternoon. I'm very proud of you. I had the kids for five days, and I got a date later. I needed some rest. Ooh, you paused. I'm leaving that in there, too. You paused. You're like, oh, am I going to spill the beans here? Zeke has a date later. Where are you going tonight? Are you taking her out for dinner? No, that's the best part of the date. <laughs> All right. Well, while Zeke Netflixes and chills later, I'm going to be recording with Tim Heisler from Jim Beam. So when you wonder what I say in that episode where I say Zeke Baker's on assignment, Zeke Baker's assignment is a date. He had five days away and they missed each other very much and they can't wait to Netflix and chill tonight. Congrats. I will uh, put another brick on my back. Carry Dad's Drinking Bourbon over the finish line, and we're going to be talking about Hardin's Creek with Tim Heisler. So stay tuned for that podcast coming down the line soon. It is a big week this week, Zeke. You probably have no idea what happened, but there was some huge news. All my friends that work at distilleries that are in the industry, they've been talking about American single malt for the longest time in the whole entire world. I did see this. For the longest time, for years, they've been talking about American single malt. And I have been giving them crap. And I use a Mean Girls reference with them. And I say, stop trying to make fetch a thing. Fetch is not a thing. And they're like, no, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. And then I saw my my boy Ryan Negley from Boulder Spirits. I saw him at Whiskey Live. And he was talking about how it's coming soon. We just heard from the TTB. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. I'm like, well, how soon is it going to be? Is it going to be a year? Is it going to be six months? A week later, TTB comes out and actually proposes what the definition of an American single malt is going to be which is huge for all these distilleries in the U.S. that are making American single malt. So TTB has proposed on the 29th of July to be labeled a U.S. made single malt. TTB proposes that the liquid must be distilled entirely at one American distillery and must be mashed, distilled, and aged in the States. It also must be made of 100% malted barley, stored in an oak barrel of 700 liters or under and be bottled at 40% ABV or higher. That's what we know. No, I did see one of the um, you know, random emails I get that half the time I always message you about like, hey, did you see this? That I guess uh, the, the term was open for discussion, but they've teed up the American single malt being a category and now they're just taking feedback on how to best to define it and I guess uh, get the ball rolling. Which is a huge step for all those people that make American single malts. So it's not officially there, but it's one step closer. And the fact that they're proposing a definition means a lot for them. Because a lot of these people, let's be honest, have been talking about how American single malt is going to blow up for a very, very, very long time. Some of these ones I think we've tasted in the past and... Zeke has kind of been like, that. Ah, that's a little too scotchy for me. Some of them have hit you just right. I mean, you're a big fan of Stranahan's. I think we've really liked him. We're going to be tasting a Westward whiskey tonight. That was something that we liked before we talked about. I know Virginia is doing some good stuff. I know uh, ASM is doing some good stuff. So I think we're going to have a guest and I think we're going to be talking to Virginia Distillery and we're going to be talking with Gareth. 
He is the CEO of Virginia Distillery, and we're going to be talking to him about American Single Malt and going over some stuff they have. They have a, a sherry, a cuvee, and a bourbon single cask that they've been working on and some other stuff that they've been doing. So we are definitely going to talk about this more. We're going to explore American Single Malts because I think we're kind of novice to it. And when we're novice to something, we're like, let's get somebody on that knows better than us to talk about it a little bit more. But what do you think about all that, Zeke? I mean, I think it makes the most sense, honestly. I mean, other than, I guess, obviously, I'm still not very educated on scotch, but other than the peat, why couldn't anyone anywhere, not even just the U.S., distill a single malted product that's similar to what is across the pond? And if you think about it as well, replication or imitation, is that not the best form of flattery? And how many people here love scotch and have for forever? I mean, I don't like it. But my dad sure drank the shit out of it when I was a kid, and I never would touch it simply because I still don't like it. But anyway, I mean, my point is, like, how long has that been a big category here? As distilled spirits just keep getting bigger and bigger in the U.S., it makes the most sense that somebody's is going to try to replicate or tweak or, or, you know, put out a similar product that they can make on their own without having to, you know, buy somebody else's. So I think the interesting thing about American Single Malt is because some of these are not aged as long as scotch so you still get some of that craftiness to it a little bit rough around the edges and some of them you get a lot of the the malt you just don't get a lot of the peat like you're never gonna have well i'm not never say never right but it's most likely that an american single malt is going to taste more like a highland whiskey than it would a an isla whiskey which is that peaty acetone Really, for people that say like bourbon drinkers, they're like, yeah, I don't really like Lafroig or I don't really like Ardbeg, but I love Macallan. This is one of those things that it's going to be more like a Macallan than it's going to be more like an Isla. But I think at the same time, too, if they're doing, I guess, what I would consider like some kind of hybrid as far as single malt whiskey, but also using new American oak versus reused barrels that's got to cut the necessary aging time significantly right you would think so now it just says an oak barrel of 700 liters or under i'm looking at some other stuff i'm looking at a few different oh uh, as far as like what ttb says you have to do yeah it's not saying new from what i yeah i don't think it's gonna be a requirement i, I just think inevitably there will be, be people that do that and then i mean you're gonna turn a whiskey product that's gonna be comparable to your counterparts at a half third quarter of the age i would think yeah so it says just like bourbon distilled to no more than 160 proof matured in oak containers not exceeding 700 liters but it doesn't say anything about new one of the things here is from matt hoffman which is actually from westland whiskey and he talked to mark from whiskey cast which is a great podcast, by the way. It's like, I, I always kind of think it's like the NPR of the whiskey industry. It's really good news and it's a great resource. But he was actually quoted as saying, to be able to use both used oak and new oak, it's consistent with what everybody expects out of the single malt category at a global level. What we wanted out of this definition was to have the structure of American single malts for those words to have meaning that they should, but still allow people to innovate, to be able to use both new oak and used oak and actually non-oak casts, as long as it goes into oak at some point, all of that stuff is doable. No, I think that's, you know, it's going to be an interesting variable to see how folks tweak and use that. Because obviously I would assume most places are going to have both types and sets of barrels at their disposal and 
I mean, I think that's going to turn a product quicker just because I mean, some of those barrels are what three or four times used. They can't oh, yeah. be sucking much life out of them. Whereas fresh new oak, I'm pretty sure there's going to be folks putting out a single malt in what, like two years? Probably going to be where it needs to be. Well, and it's also different because you're putting American aging on a product that typically was aged in colder weather. I mean, why can scotch go 25 years and not be oaky as hell? Well, it's cold as shit in Scotland. So actually this summer it's not, but (laughs) I wonder what's going to happen seriously to all the scotch this summer because they got like record temps in Europe and heat wave everywhere they're probably not used to that type of aging typically you know scottish weather is cold and rainy and it's gonna go longer american single malts are not going to take as much and that's going to be something i want to talk to gareth about when we have him on but american single malts are not going to take the amount of time that a scotch would so all sorts of stuff to consider and and how long is it going to be before there's an american single malt honey cask finish (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> yeah, i did bring home some honey though from a boy that does honey farming i did just get the so my my friend grant he and his son have two g's plus b's and they make honey so that was actually some of the honey that was used to make the latest nbc release i picked up some of that honey along with the honey release from nbc i am looking forward to opening that up sometime more importantly i was happy to get some of the honey with it very nice and i've got to get the details he keeps being random about this but apparently it's not mead because i asked if that's what it was but apparently there's some almost type of liquor you can make from honey i I don't know i I told him i was like i need this like a to drink it but b like i could use it for content (laughs) so i actually had this before and it was the nelson brothers they made it's like not your average honey or bit of honey i think it was called bit of honey but there was a bee conference that was actually so that's a trademarking issue probably (laughs) or me i don't know what it was called but it was basically they did it there was a bee conference here in nashville and they got asked to make alcohol out of honey and they Mm -hmm. did and that podcast like from four years ago that you missed they pulled it out and let me try it and it was really good. Remember when I went there and sat down with them? John, I don't remember yesterday, man. I'm 40. It's really funny because tickets are now available for Grains and Grits. And I was talking to them today and they go, is Zeke going to be there? And I was like, nope. I mean, I think I have my kids that weekend, right? You do. You do. Yeah. But they're like, uh, are we ever going to get to meet him? I'm like, nope. Everybody in the Tennessee Whiskey Guild knows me, but they do not know Zeke. He has not been to one guild event, I don't think. Hey, man, I know Heath. I'm doing okay. Yeah, you do know Heath. That's, and you know Arnett. And Chris Tatum was in your house. So you know the guys from Company Distilling. That's about it. They're the only ones who have met you. Heath still owes me two Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> Anyways, tonight we are drinking, as we talked about this American single malt category coming out, I said, what better for Zeke and I to drink tonight than this American single malt that we had lying around in the queue? I mean, it wasn't lying around. It was in the queue. And it is Westward Whiskey. It is a single barrel selection out of the American Northwest Element Series. It is high desert to climate basin. It's 45% ABV. Other stuff I know about this is the MSRP is 100 bucks. While every whiskey we make is inspired by the American Northwest, this inaugural release in a new series called Elements is a special representation of our Oregon home. Westward American Single Malt Elements High Desert to Klamath Basin is entirely sourced from Oregon, including two-row spring barley developed at Oregon State University. Prized for its flavor, the varietal is called Full Pint, 
and is grown all around Klamath. This feature, I probably butchered that name, by the way. I'm sorry. But this feature also includes a select blending from barley grown and malted in Madras, the Central High Desert, which was finished in Guyana, Oregon White Oak, cast from Oregon Barrel Works, the Pacific Northwest only cooperage. I mean, this is most likely the most attentive I've been in this show in a very long time. And I still got way lost in the play-by-play just then. I mean, I, I'm reel me back in here because I'm drifting. So I heard Northwest, which I understand is an area, like Pacific Northwest, I assume. But then I heard something about desert aging, which I don't understand how that happens between a desert and the part of the country that gets more rain than anywhere else, as far as I know. And then Oregon again, which is again back to the Pacific Northwest, but I heard more about desert again, and I, I really got lost. Okay, so Madras is originally called the Basin. After the circular valley the city is in. I thought Madras was a fashion print. I mean, the record high was 112. So it gets hot. It's a steppe. So it's not necessarily a desert. It's a semi-desert climate. It's a steppe there. S-T-E-P-P-E. Yeah, I don't know what that word means. It's a dry climate. It is located on regions that receive precipitation below potential evapotranspiration, but not as low as a desert climate. So basically, it's low participation, but it's not a desert. I like using big words just to mess with you. Can I tell you all you need to know out of this whole thing? I think you did. I, I just didn't understand it, but I'm okay with it. I'm going to make it so you can understand it. Everything was based in Oregon. That's all. Right, you, there we go. From the barley to the cooperage, it was the only cooperage in Oregon. Everything was grown in Oregon and distilled in Oregon and put in barrels from Oregon. Hey, the dogs are playing in Oregon in about a month. There you go. So, what do you think about this whiskey, Zeke? I'm going to go ahead and preface that my notes are a little more random than normal, which is probably extra random, I guess, overall. I thought the malt to smoke ratio was kind of 65-35. I thought the grain to malt was 60-40 in tasting this. Uh, Back on the finish, it got more grainy than I cared for or would have expected. It was kind of prickly on the tongue. And I really felt like it was stuck in the middle going back to the malt and the smoke as far as I'm sure there's a balance or, you know, end of the day, you kind of got to pick a side. I felt like this was stuck in the middle. It, it really didn't shift one way or the other. And at times I'm like, eh, it's a little too much this side. At times it's a little too much that side. I'm like just pick one and, and, and do what you do and own it. And then subtly I also picked up a little bit of light closet funk. I think you're overcomplicating it. I actually liked this a lot. And I have two notes. The nose was chocolate-covered cherries, and then the taste quickly goes to chocolate. And that's kind of, yeah, there's some stuff there. There is some roughness to it, I think, in the taste. Just maybe I'm getting the grain a little bit too much than, than I would think, but it quickly just chocolate comes in like, you know? I mean, I think what throws me is, you know, I'm not a Scotch person, but I do love mezcals. I like smoky things. That doesn't really phase me too much. And I feel like the amount of smoke just kind of teased or, or tipped just enough to be like, hmm, that's a note that I really get into. But then the note didn't flourish or grow. It went the other direction. And then I was just kind of like. Ah. See, for me, the smoke went to the roof of my mouth. It kind of concentrated right up there. It was funny. I was thinking in my head when I sipped it, like smoke rises. And then there was a wave of chocolate that just wiped out anything else other than chocolate. And as a big guy, I'm like, hmm. Kind of like this. Nobody's going to doubt that. Right? 
<laughs> so this was right up my alley as far as my palate goes because I was like, mmm, chocolate. I don't know. I feel like it's just very stuck in the middle a lot. Like everything I picked up, it, it like go left or go right. I, I don't care. No, but like own some dimension. I, maybe it's because it's a single malt, but I always kind of think that it should be more unilateral in a direction as far as the profile goes. Some weird thing with the brain, I guess, but that that's definitely where my head is of like, ah, just, just, just two roads diverged in a wood. Pick one. And I, I took the one less traveled by, and that made all exactly. the difference. Damn right. <laughs> are you a bar on this, or are you a pass? I'm a bar. I, it's not offensive to me in any way. Again, it's not offensive to me in any way. I really just wish it made more of a statement in some direction. I feel like it's kind of stuck in the middle. That's the, the best I can give it, but uh, I certainly wouldn't discourage anyone, especially that's a big fan of the American single malts, to try this. And as we would all know, no two single barrels are alike. Thanks, Mr. Blanton. But um, no, I, I think the product has plenty of promise. This one didn't hit the sweetest spot for me, so to speak. But again, not offensive in any way. And I mean, I enjoy drinking it. As a person who, unlike you, does like scotch, I am kind of pumped up from this category now. And I'm pumped up that the flavor... Like, I don't think you can come and drink this one like you're drinking bourbon and expect it to act like a bourbon. I think for an American single malt, it is a very, very solid pour. I love the notes that I am getting from it. And I love, it just shows the versatility of barley and and the distilling process in the sense that like scotch can taste like scotch and American single malt can. This isn't a tasting note. It's just, I mean, it's a feeling and maybe a vibe, but like there's something very American to it like it tastes american it doesn't taste like something you would get in a different country like do you get that vibe like you get that vibe right you know man i I just hope that the uh the vibe resonates with you tomorrow in the gym and and it gets you a little extra pumped up it might well thank you very much to our friends at westward for sending this our way we would love to talk with you sometime or you have an open door to come on the podcast whenever you want come vibe with us What you all missed, and this is why, I mean, some people have said we should do video, like we should record this and put it out somewhere. What you're missing is every single time I said vibe, I think Zeke was going to spit his drink out or fall on the floor. And a couple of F-bombs came out. <laughs> I hope I could edit them, but thank you, Westward, for sending this our way. Congrats to all of the producers out there for American Single Malt being a category. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Netflix and chill. Cheers. Ciao.